The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Miracle of Healing, where we come together every week to discuss and discover a roadmap to healing. I'm your host, Lisa Campion, and I hope you can join us since the world needs all the healing it can get. And we are healing the planet one person at a time right here on Mind, Body, Spirit FM. Hey everyone, I'm Lisa Campion and this is The Miracle of Healing. Ooh, we have such a fun conversation today. We're going to talk about past lives, the afterlife, and UFOs, and how do they all kind of mix up and end up to be related in some incredible way that I'm pretty sure is going to just blow your mind and update your metaphysical view of how things work in the universe, in the multiverse. And we have um, Simon Baum today with us. He is the host of the Past Life Podcast. I was just on his podcast. So fun having this amazing conversation with him. And he's also a certified clinical hypnotherapist. And we're going to just talk about his firsthand paranormal exp- experiences, including some kind of mysterious UFO sightings, psychic flashes, past life encounters, and um, and how this all comes together in a really powerful way. So I'm super happy to have you on the podcast, Simon. Thanks for so much for being here. Yeah, it's great to be here. And it was great talking to you when you guested on my podcast. So mm-hmm. it's great to yeah, talk to you Yeah, really again. fun. I know. I'm so excited. So tell us a little bit about how you came to um, to be here in this place where you're talking about all this, this amazing and intriguing topics. Well, I, I've been interested in all these sort of topics just my whole life, really. I would go to the public library when I was 10 years old and get every book I could find on ghosts Edgar and Edgar Casey, me too. Like, were you reading Seth's beat, um, Jane Robertson, Edgar Casey? That's what I was reading at that age. No, I wasn't. I, I, you're more advanced than me. I was reading about <laughs> Bigfoot and UFOs and ghosts <laughs> and, uh, you know, anything gotcha. supernatural. Right. And so it's it's just over time, the older you get, the more interest you get in certain things. And I stopped being interested mm-hmm. in Bigfoot for some reason and really just was looking at the afterlife and UFOs. And I read Raymond Moody's book, Life After Life, which I think was yep. 1975 that was published and all that amazing stuff about near-death experiences. And I went to the College of Psychic Studies in the late 1980s which was, I think it was set up by this. It's a really famous one in the UK, right? Yeah, it was set up by the Society for Psychical Research. And they were around uh, maybe 1880, 1890, that sort of time. That's when it was set up. 
but I wasn't yeah. a student there. I would go and visit and you could pay a little bit of money and sit with somebody who was training to be a medium or a psychic or a channel or take people through past mm-hmm. life regressions where you pay a lot more money and you could sit with the teachers. And so I would go there once a week, maybe once every two weeks and see all these different people. And it felt like um, I was an investigator. It wasn't that I was trying to, uh, I was grieving and I was trying to contact a deceased loved one. It was more trying to find out evidence. And that's when I was taken through my first past life regression and things would come through from mediums that were just remarkable. So it's, it's a fascination. And I've just kept going and going into my old age. I love that. And you started having some of your own direct experiences too, right? Yeah. I had have psychic flashes, I call them. It's not that I have any control. I don't know how to get into the right mind space to bring these things up. But I had a, an occasion. I was in London and I was due to go to New Zealand for a friend's wedding. And that was two weeks away. And I just got this flash 30 seconds of time where I was in New Zealand with my friend in her car driving through suburban Christchurch. And two weeks later, it happened. That 30 seconds, it was exactly the car that I'd seen. The road names were the same. I'd never been to suburban Christchurch. And the houses, the roads were exactly as I'd seen two weeks before. And so you, you have these different experiences. And it, it, there's that saying of, um, well, I'll believe it when I see it. But when I have seen it. And it's just like when I saw the UFO that was, it was just 25 foot off the ground. It was 200 feet from me. It was the size of a large house. It didn't move an inch the whole time I saw it. It was completely silent. So it wasn't that I just saw a, a, one light up in the sky. I was really close to this craft. Wow. What did it look like? It looked like um, a rugby ball. And mm-hmm. it, uh, one half of the bottom of it had many, many pin spot red lights that were very bright. And from the other end, there was a spotlight pointed at the ground that was really, really bright, thin light. It was almost like it was an illuminated pole that was holding the thing up, but the spotlight mm-hmm. moved. And it was, it's kind of like you see in the movies when somebody gets abducted, the light comes down and they get zoomed up into the craft. It, it's, it was that kind of bright light and this was maybe 1994 and I don't think we had those LED lights that we have now so I didn't make a sound so it definitely wasn't a helicopter or an airplane I just I just don't know what it was I'm I'm not saying oh it's definitely aliens but I don't think we had technology that can do that at the moment that kind of especially back then yeah in the 90s did that bring you into contact with any of the beings in there or did you just see the ship I just saw that that craft Mm -hmm. and it's weird because it's almost like a thing i think about how a ufo apparently from what we can tell they can move around our skies anytime they want they don't have to be seen they could shoot around with no lights on at all but they do have lights on so they want to be seen it's kind of like they're trying to get a message across saying hey we are here we're not going to talk to you but Maybe it's a very slow kind of disclosure and they have a program that lasts 200 years of when they slowly reveal themselves, you know, and it might get to a point you have the president coming out and saying aliens definitely are here and everybody goes, yeah, so what else is new? 
You know, <laughs> we, we already know that. Simon, I wonder if they picked you in particular. Do you feel like you just stumbled across them or do you feel like perhaps they revealed themselves to you so you could be one of those people that like shifts our our consciousness around this issue? Yeah, it's that thing of being on a spiritual path and it's almost like the whatever they are, whether they're UFOs or aliens or they're spirits or psychic things happen to you every time one of these little things happens it's another step along the pathway and maybe it was my destiny or my life plan to be producing these podcasts to spread this information as much as I can and I've done 280 episodes of the past lives podcast 90 episodes of my UFO podcast and it it seems yeah like maybe I look back and I think well Different things I've done in my life have been training to get me to this point to do what I'm doing now, like being a, yeah. being a musician. It seems like it. And you're yeah. like so believable. You know what I mean? Like you're calm about it. You don't, I mean, you know, come off as being crazy or like, you know, like you're just very matter of not that all people who see UFOs are crazy. I don't mean to imply that <laughs> at all, but they're, you're very believable. I have seen them myself and not too long ago. Um, I had an experience where lit, like it was hanging in the sky and literally everyone was pulled over on the side of the road <laughs> looking at it. And it was, there was an article about it in the paper the next day. And then, I, and then the article was gone. So yeah. interesting. It's a, you it's know? a little weird how those things happen. And yeah. Yeah. So do you feel that was, uh, that's moved you another step along your pathway by seeing that? I think it did because so it's so interesting for me because I've been seeing ghosts and spirits and energy my literally my entire life and I was I was in the category of like well I probably believe in that but I'm not really sure I believe in it because I haven't had my own experience you know um, and then I did you know and have since then several times I was just in Sedona Arizona there and had a couple of man, many experiences you know that I that just have to go into the UFO category there. So it's been a recurring theme for me in the past few years that I've been seeing more and more of them. So now I believe because I think seeing is believing. Yeah. And what does it all mean as well? It's almost sometimes I feel like there's uh, something spiritual there. Or they're trying to give you a message or give you a sign for something and something weird mm. shows up and you think this is too much of a coincidence or a synchronicity to be just random something's trying to send you a message but then the thing is well what's the message what what is the sign for and that's that's another problem and it's it's sometimes uh if something happens to me like this i i imagine the the spirit guides or whoever's doing it to be slapping their forehead and think, what do we have to do to get through to this guy <laughs> the message is obvious which is uh you know i had this thing with feathers showing up which was where it was weird and ended up being such a a feather showing up in such a way that it just, I was just gobsmacked. It was like, mm -hmm. it just materialized apparently. Mm. And um, it was not in this place. And then I looked down and there it was, definitely wasn't there before. And there's no way it could have got there. So it makes me think this, this is a sign of something because they say, if there's angels around you, they leave feathers. Angels. Yeah. That's happened to me too. They, they've literally manifested out of thin air right in front of me. Like a hundred. 
wee little white feathers. Just like the room was full of them. It's crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And there's also this kind of connection between these people who claim to be abducted by aliens and people who have near-death experiences where they both report the same sort of after effects. They can't wear watches Mm -hmm. because they won't work and lights Mm -hmm. go out when they walk past and they have psychic flashes and amazing synchronicities. And so there's some weird connection there perhaps. This thing with ETs abducting people is not just like Star Trek where it's people in metallic ships going through the galaxy. There's something far more... uh, I don't want to say spiritual, but kind of maybe astral, something beyond the veil or multidimensional. I love that concept. I love that theory and um, that connection. Do you feel like it's a consciousness raising thing? Like they're here to help us raise our consciousness and people argue, are they good? Are they bad? Are there some good, some bad? Like what's the agenda that they have with us? It seems clear to me that some of them are here to help us. I haven't encountered the ones that seem, you know, malevolent, but but you hear lots of stories about those ones too. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think about it in the same way I think about the human race, really. If aliens mm-hmm. came here and said, well, what's the human's agenda? Well, the Russian's agenda is going to be different to the Japanese agenda, which would be different to the North Korean agenda, which would be different to the United States agenda. And it, it could go on like that. And also people report seeing such different uh, ETs. And mm-hmm. I, I still don't 100% believe it's all happening, but it, it, there's so many people that talk about it. Something's happening. And I'm going to interview this guy, Kevin Randall, soon for my podcast, and he's written a book about 1973 because there was so much UFO activity in that year. And he's got so many reports in the book, and it seemed like every single report was seeing a craft of a different design and or seeing ETs of a different body shape. And it makes you wonder what what's going on here. How, how many aliens are here, or or it's is like it a whole cast of characters? Yeah, right? or is it something else? There was one guy I talked to who'd been abducted, so he says by aliens, and this creature said, "What we look like is imposed upon us by you and your consciousness. Where we come from, hmm. we don't exist in the physical." Because there is that question with the the ETs, the Greys. Why do they? have the same sort of body shape as us, with a head and two arms and two legs, and how can they exist in our gravity and our air pressure and breathe oxygen? It's almost like they've been genetically engineered to be able to exist on Earth. So there's so many questions. It gets so complicated. I know it does. And I don't know, I really feel like they're like sort of the confluence of, of, of things that you're talking about there have to do with our shift in consciousness. Like if these are multidimensional beings, then as we expand our capacity to perceive through multiple more dimensions, we have more encounters with them. What do you think? Is that possible? Yeah, I, th- I think they're showing themselves to us. And there's some kind of slow disclosure. But then there's also other things where they this this people reported seeing hybrids and things that are not so nice so yes. it could be like you know there's lots of different races with all their own agendas and they don't seem mm. to interfere with each other
Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. We are back again with Simon Bound, and he is the host of the Past Life Podcast. And we are just having this great conversation about past lives, afterlife, and UFOs and how they kind of all come together. So let's talk a little bit about past lives, Simon. And you had a pretty profound experience, I gather, from when you had your some of your past life regressions, yeah? Yeah. I My first one was at, when I was at the College of Psychic Studies, and I was taken back to this past life where I saw myself as a girl maybe six years old in a park in London. And I just knew the year was 1895 and there were, there was parents there and there was a dog and they had a, you know, a pram and there was a baby in the pram. And I just knew that was my little sister. And I just knew that the father in that life is now one of my best friends in this life. And Mm. I, I remember I was lying back and I just opened my eyes a little bit and it's almost like I could see little feet where my knees are now. And also I was barefoot in that park and I could feel the grass between my toes. It was, it was that strong a connection. And it was a couple of years later, I was driving through North London. I'd never been to that area before. And there was the park exactly as I'd seen it in the past life regression. And it's a, it's a quite distinctive because it's on a very steep slope. And I think if, town planners had been there and they would never have looked at this slope and said, Hey, that's a great place for a park because you just wouldn't do it really. And all the houses in that area were exactly as I'd seen them in the past life regression. And then as that regression carried on, I saw myself as a nurse in the first world war in France and being in this huge kind of uh, tent that had all these hospital beds there and we were close to the front line. And I remember this feeling of all these men coming in with these terrible injuries and we had to work on them so fast. And I had this, this feeling and it was an annoyance with something. And it felt like I've, I've been annoyed by this a lot. I've had enough of this, but it was this feeling of having long skirts and rushing around and trying to get around the beds and things and thinking, oh, these skirts are getting in the way. Why do I have to wear this? <laughs> and, you know, being a man, I would never have, have experienced that. It might, it might not even occurred to me. But at the time, it felt like I've, I've had this going on in my life for years now. Why do I have to dress mm. like this? Wow. But another thing was, man, that was like 1987, maybe 20 years later, I was in another past life regression And I went back to that same life and I was much older and I was in London and there were these old cars there and I was with this man who I just knew was my husband and we needed to get something done. And his attitude towards me was kind of like, oh, you silly little woman, just be quiet. Just let the man deal with it. And I felt really quite annoyed. It felt like you you can't treat me like that. You don't know what I'm capable of. 
You don't know what I experienced in the war when I had to deal with so much of this stuff for years of all these men and these injuries and the stress we had, and you're treating me like I'm useless. And I, I got that perspective and felt quite angry, and that, that was interesting as well. So it, it really did give me a different perspective on life. Hmm. And do you think that's uh, the point of remembering our past lives? Like, what's good about why should we do it? What's good about having our past lives? It can give us such um, insights and understanding with different parts of our own lives. And there's this idea that the past life you see in a past life regression is chosen for you by your spirit guides or your higher self, and they'll choose which lives are most beneficial for you to see. And they also, um, you know, can bring on great healing. And it's part of the hypnotic language that we might say, take us to the life that is the origin point of our current life's issues. And then we could name whatever issue it is. And I, I've had, you know, emails from people talking about the healing that they've had and how it's been remarkable. Even there was a woman who had, she was in her 50s and she had bad eczema on her leg her whole life. And after the past life regression, it completely cleared up. And she tried wow. all sorts of things. And there was a guy who had pain in his stomach. And after a past life regression, he said, it's disappeared by 50%. It's gone down. And the doctors can't find anything wrong with his stomach. There's no reason for this pain. But after the past life regression, it started to decrease. But then there's other things of seeing relationships and you might go to a past life and see yourself in a relationship with somebody and they're in this life with you and it's the same sort of dynamic and it could be bad. And it's it's almost like you're learning a lesson there and your spirit guide might say, well, you went into that past life to learn this lesson. You didn't learn it, so you've chosen to come back and try again. But I, I was taken through past life regression and I saw three different lives that have, seem to have a theme of rejection and they were completely different kind of things. One of them was a, a guy who was uh, just really not very clever and it seemed to be a very hot town in Mexico and his parents looked after him, but after they died, he couldn't get a job because he wasn't very clever. The town found him to be just a nuisance and he ended up living on the streets and died on the streets and that was mm. that form of rejection. And then the other one was being with someone that was very much in love. And they said, I'm going back to my parents for a holiday and I'll be back in London soon. And they never came back. And you found out they'd married someone else. That was another mm. form of rejection. And it's like your soul, your spirit is choosing to come to these lives to learn what it is to be human and learn how these things feel. And it just shows that, you you know, you don't have one life to learn about rejection. You might have 10 lives and then you have another 10 to work about and something else. And sometimes when I'm taking somebody through a past life regression, we'll encounter their spirit guides. They, How many past lives has this person had? And they might say a thousand, three thousand. It's just uh, amazing for me what comes up. I never get bored of doing this stuff. That's so cool. I love that. And I've been a person who's remembered a lot of my past lives and I've had a lot of past life regressions done to me, hypnotic ones. And I also, as a psychic, see other people's past lives all the time and how they're connected. And for me, when I'm looking at them, I also, I often feel like we're pulling them uh, into our consciousness because there's something that's, we're trying to heal. 
something that got left over from a past life, from a, that life we lived in the past that didn't get resolved, you know, that and it's kind of hanging out in space. And we may have sort of similar situations now. We're looking for the resolution for the healing on that. And then that kind of that energy kind of dissipates and that that issue is resolved. So I think it's about learning, but also about resolution and healing. At least that's how I see it. Yeah. It's like there's a negative energy coming through from a past life. Yeah. So we have to break the bond and release the energy. And do you feel like sometimes these past life memories are stimulated by the people we know, by the places that we visit? I think sometimes people are drawn to travel to places where they've lived in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Meeting people and either having an instant dislike or instant familiarity where you really, really like them. And I've had people tell me, you know, there, there was a lady who went to Spain. She was from America. She'd never been in this town before. And she came around a corner into this courtyard or this town square and she felt, I can't go in here. There, there's I, something really, really bad happened here. And I remember being here before, and so she couldn't enter that space. And so, yeah, spaces can bring back past life memories as well as meeting people. Yeah, so beautiful. And I think sometimes we carry gifts forward from our past lives too, you know, like you have a an aptitude for a particular a language that you spoke or a skill. You can play the piano really well. You never took a lesson. You can just sit down and do it. You know, some people have these aptitudes I feel like those are things we mastered in past lives that we pull forward into this. It's not all bad, right? Yeah. Sometimes we get benefits from knowledge and, and experience we've accumulated in our past lives. Yeah. And it, it's, it may be a thing where you, you play the piano for the last seven past lives and you're just getting better and better as you go along. And you, yeah. eventually you're Mozart and you think, right, I've done that. Now I'll move on to something else. And sometimes we see children, like when my kids were little, my son, he was probably like four and his brother was just a baby. And he came in, he had this really weird glassy look on his face and he goes, mom, don't let brother, uh, don't let my brother, don't let Devin play on the ice because last time he played on the ice, he died and we couldn't get him out. I mean, we were all really sad. And then he looked at me and he goes, but you weren't our mom, you weren't our mother then. And he walked away and I was like, Whoa, like had that all that like goose flesh off. And I, and then I never, I was always really weird about him playing on the ice and never would let him play on the ice after that. Yeah. Yeah. I had a little thing like that as well. My daughter said to me, she was three or four years old. She said, you know, when you were this little, I used to pick you up. You know, she didn't say anything after that, you know, not never a, an, another thing. And, it, but there's, there's, books on it now isn't there and the work Ian Stevenson did and Jim Tucker and some children remember so much and go into so much detail it's just another piece of evidence for reincarnation yeah it's super super interesting I love how kids can do that and I don't know what else do you want to say like how can we kind of sum this all up like what are these what are your beliefs about what these things have all in common and how they are connecting us into sort of our more spiritual self? Like they, they're all sort of doorways that we can walk through, right? That help us access maybe a higher consciousness. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah. I feel that doing a past life regression can give you access to these things and yeah. you can gain experience and also, you know, meditating can take you into other places I wouldn't recommend 
drugs like uh you know some people take was it psilocybin or dmt and they can cause spiritual experiences i don't know how much of that is you know real because i've never done it and i I did talk to someone who had a near-death experience and also took dmt ayahuasca but she said they were they were completely different things even though they both felt very spiritual and you right. seeing a really good medium can be a great connection as well. I'm so fascinated with um, near-death experiences. And because I've been able to see ghosts and spirits my whole life, I mean, I don't know how many thousands of dead people I've talked to. They all pretty much say the same thing. And they all echo what I hear. I love watching these people ex- um, people ex- talking about their past life experience. There's all these videos on YouTube. And I sometimes just love to be inspired by their – find it quite hopeful – and inspiring and uplifting. So I watch them a lot. And they all say the same thing too, right? To me, that helps me feel like a little faith and understanding what happens. Like it's a theory. I won't really know until I get there. If I do, I'll come back and give you a message, let you know if it's if it's right. But I don't know. What do you think about that? Everyone sort of says the same thing, right? Or do some people have bad experiences with near-death experiences? Yeah, people do have bad experiences. And uh, it's a small percentage, but then at the same time, are the people having bad experiences much less likely to talk about them? Uh, But I talked to a woman on the podcast who'd written a book, and it was all about the bad experiences. And she said there wasn't one of them she came across where they didn't move into the light towards the end of the experience. And so that, that was a kind of positive thing. And a couple of people I've talked to, one of them said he started saying the Lord's Prayer and that lifted him out of the bad experience. And another woman said she started singing Christmas songs and that lifted mm. her out of the bad experience. But uh, the thing that really fascinates me with near-death experiences is when people come back and they say, I saw the surgeon do this and the nurse did that and this happened. And then it's all confirmed. And the, the the doctors can say, but you were dead. Your brain was flatlined. There's no way you could have seen us doing that. And I talked to Dr. Eben Alexander, who, you know, he was a neurosurgeon. And he said to me that when your heart stops, your brain will flatline within 20 seconds. And there is no way it can retain complex memories in that state. And yet that is what happens with near-death experiences. And also when people talk about this, they say their viewpoint was from the ceiling. It's not they're saying, I I saw this with my eyes from my body. They're in a completely other area. And also talk about how their perception is exceptional, their hearing and their sight, so much better than normal. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, I think you're, yeah, it's like an out-of-body experience, right? And you're looking from a different perspective. Yeah. That's so fascinating about praying. And I, I wonder if they're like a, in a little purgatory or have, you know, experience or have are weighted down by trauma and somehow are getting lost along the way and then reorienting yourself. They also say, look up, <laughs> look up when you're, if you're going to die, look up um, when you're going, because it, it's a faster track up there to soul world. Super interesting stuff. Yeah. With near-death experiences, I think there's a real strong evidence there that it is consciousness surviving death and that i think the space people go into is kind of designed for them by their spirit guides and others 
to give them exactly the experience they need at that time. And, you know, mm -hmm. some of the nicest people have bad experiences. And then you hear about some nasty people who have amazing experiences. But also I think the space that they go into is a kind of, I don't know what you might call it, a holding area or a, or a, a place that's it's not heaven, but it's between earth and heaven and it's constructed for that near-death experience. And so many people come out of it and their whole lives are changed. Their, their personalities changed. And I heard some statistic that maybe 70% of people get divorced after a near-death experience because their character changes so much. Wow. It may be that they become a lot less materialistic and a lot more spiritual. And their partner, who they're married to for 10 years, doesn't like it. And they start saying, no, no, I don't want the, the fancy job with all the money anymore. I, I want to do the spiritual stuff. And the, their partner's going, well, actually, I do want the money. <laughs> I do want the the big house and what have you. And so it can cause problems. But I've always found people I've talked to who have near-death experiences are always happy to help people and go the extra mile. And I invite them on the podcast and they go, yeah, I'm definitely doing it. No one's ever mm. saying, oh, well, I don't really have the time or you're this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's very, they seem to become very giving and empathetic and happy to help. So fascinating. Thank you so much for being with us, Simon. And I hope everyone runs over and listens to your podcast. When are you going to write a book? I Have you yet? I imagine you will at some point. I'm, I'm working on one. I have written Good. before. I've written uh, science fiction, a novel and loads of short stories and things. And I've self-published that. So I know everything that's involved. I'm writing a book on near-death experiences at the moment. Great. Can't wait to read it. And thank you so much for being here. And how can people find you? How can they find you? And how can they find your podcast? My website is pastlifeshypnosis.co.uk. And um, I offer a free consultation call if somebody's interested in doing past life regression. It's a free 20-minute mm -hmm. call. And they can book that mm -hmm. on my site. And my nice. podcast is on Apple, Spotify, I think maybe 30 podcast apps. It's past Lives podcast. And it's all about the afterlife. Super cool. Love it. So go check out Simon and his work. He's amazing. And, and his podcast is fantastic. So thank you so much for being with us today, Simon. It's been fun. Thanks a lot. And thank you all for listening in. I know you're just going to reach right over and hit that subscribe button right now. You're not going to want to miss a word of what happens here on our podcast. If you're looking for me, you can find me at lisacampion.com. Stop by and visit. I work with psychics, healers, and empaths who are hoping to open up their gifts and maximize their psychic potential and or even figure out if you have some. So come by and say hi. Thank you for joining us on The Miracle of Healing, where we are saving the planet one person at a time right here on Mind, Body, Spirit FM. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. 
part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.